Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning for WorkInSports.com, and this is the Work in Sports Podcast. I have a lot of news to talk about today before we start to get into the meat of this episode. First thing is, this really frustrates me, our Work in Sports Twitter account was hacked. So, at Work in Sports has been compromised. So, let's talk about this a little bit. It was November 20th that we first got alerted to the problem. We've been working nonstop with Twitter support. They have been non-responsive. They've been non-helpful. We've filled out forms. We've done emails. We have case numbers and claim numbers. They're just not helping. Uh, so I'm alerting you to this because the hackers are using a different technique than I've experienced before. Usually hackers come in and they start tweeting, uh, posting content underneath your brand name. They either make you look bad or they advertise their own thing or whatever it may be. Well, what these people have done is they've essentially gone in and just changed the handle from at work in sports to their brand. And they've basically just captured all of our followers. So our 30,000 followers have just all of a sudden become theirs. So if you were following at work in sports, they have now migrated you to their follow, which is adore QJ, A-D-O-R-E-Q-J. So if you go through your who you're following right now, or if you're all of a sudden getting tweets from these people, that used to be our account and they've they've taken them. So we're going to continue to work with Twitter support and get this rectified. We're going to continue to get back, try to get back all of our followers because all of you are very important to us. In the meantime, since they switched over and put themselves, you know, put their name at the front forefront, well, we went back in and relaunched the work and sports handle. So we went back in, set up a new account for at work and sports, and we're going to get started again. Problem is, there's zero followers there. Like literally, we had to start over from scratch. We lost every single one of our followers, every single one of you. So um, it really stinks to have 10 years of your work kind of go away one day and have Twitter support not helping you. So what I'd ask all of you to do is to start following Work and Sports again. If you can go to at Work and Sports and follow us, that would be great. And we're going to be really super active because we really need to grow that base back up. And I'm very frustrated, and I'm saying all this through clenched teeth, even though I'm trying to laugh and smile. Twitter is very frustrating. Okay, let's move along. I also have something else I want to put into your brains that I've been thinking a lot about. A few months back, I had on Josh Walker, who's the president of Sports Innovation Lab, and he discussed the fluid fan concept that essentially sports has to go where the fans are and change the entire experience. It's not just a buy ticket, sit in seat world. It has to be fluid and follow the fans through social communities, immersive experiences and more. This is one of my favorite episodes. I love talking to Josh. He's a very, very, very smart guy, right? He sees into the future. He's got a bit of a futurist mentality, which I like. This past week, it really got me thinking about the future of sports and how everything will change. Now, Josh created a lot of these, and along with his team, Angela Ruggiero and others at Sports Innovation Lab, he created a lot of, they created a lot of these theories, not just because of COVID. This was before all of that. They were seeing ways the sports industry has to pivot long before any of this has happened. This coronavirus and the quarantine and the change in revenue streams and no tickets and no vans, all that stuff. They saw this future we needed to get to anyway. This just, this coronavirus just sped up the entire process. So this was on my mind because of the news out of the entertainment world this week. So Warner Brothers announced they will concurrently release all their 2021 movies in the theater 
and streaming on HBO Max. So if they were going to release a movie on February 21st, 2021, they are going to release it in the theater and on HBO Max at the same time. This is completely groundbreaking. This has never been done before. Everybody always had movie releases and then landed on streaming platforms after the fact, right? After it came out of the movies. Now they're doing it concurrently. This will likely start a wave where you'll see other studios align with other streaming services. You'll have Apple TV bidding for, you know, this production studio and you'll have Netflix bidding for this one and they're all going to try to get in. Amazon Prime will be in there and they'll be negotiating deals in order to get movies concurrently released on their platforms. Very interesting, kind of fun to keep up with and see where this takes us, but let's apply this to our world in sports. Just like the movie world uses the theater model, sports has always had a main outlet for its programming, traditional networks and cable TV channels. Sports leagues have long-term deals with broadcast partners and it is a major source of their revenue. But we may start to see a similar model expand to sports, taking live events and simulcasting them in multiple places, not just CBS and ESPN, but social channels and more, streaming platforms and whatever else it may be. Look to these changes, see what opportunities they present and how fan engagement adjusts. Now, right now, I look to the entertainment world and esports to set the trends the sports industry may follow. Esports is way better at capturing and engaging young viewers. Their young viewership is amazing. They know how to speak to a younger generation much better than traditional sports do. So look to esports and see what they're doing and see how those trends can kind of apply to what's happening in sports or what can happen and what needs to happen in sports. And at the same time, entertainment is incredible at finding revenue streams. Sports, I believe, traditional sports, major four sports will start to follow these models. So keep an eye on those fields and you'll be a little bit ahead of the game. Okay, let's get to the stat line. Three data points that help us inform help inform us as to the strength of the sports industry as provided by workinsports.com, the number one job board in the sports industry, and apparently brand new to Twitter. Oh gosh, don't get me started. Okay, stat number one. 16,730 active sports jobs on workinsports.com. Now, that's pretty much flat from last week, but it's still a lot of jobs. 16,730, when, as you guys know from me saying it over and over again, we were down low in April of last year when things crashed after coronavirus. So we're building back up with great strength. Stat number two, 1,666 new active sports jobs added in the past seven days. That's a 35% increase from the previous week. Now, that's not all that surprising. Keep it in context. It was a big uptick from Thanksgiving week when most employers aren't posting jobs because they're eating stuffing. Uh, stat number three, that is an average of 238 fresh new active sports jobs added each day of the week. So that's pretty awesome and a reason to come back every day and see what else is out there. All right, let's get into three fresh new jobs that sound awesome and are currently live on workinsports.com. Job number one, production trainee for the NBA. I love career starting gigs like this. You guys know my affinity for big name employers. When you get something like this on your resume that you worked for the NBA, it stands out for life. That's always on your resume. You learn the best practices of the industry and are ready to take on the world. I mean that, okay? Reading from their job description, this position is part of the NBA Emerging Media Group, which focuses on identifying, creating, distributing, and publishing content for the NBA's social and digital platforms and its many domestic and international partners throughout the world. 
look, this is just me, but this is the kind of opportunity that I wouldn't care what they're paying. Like I would just absolutely 100% jump on this if I had any interest in content, digital marketing, social, journalism, and had a love of basketball. I would be so all over this because this is the kind of thing, like I said, that can make or break where the rest of your career goes. It just is always going to be on there and you're going to learn the best practices from the beginning. It's like getting your master's in content creation, sports content creation. And I guarantee that if you are a production trainee for the NBA, Twitter support will listen to you. Yes, I am going to air my grievances throughout this entire podcast. Get ready for it. Job number two strength and conditioning fellow for United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. So if you wanted to work in strength and conditioning, like any kind of athletic training, this is your gig. Does it get any better than the USOC? I mean, I've been to their facility in Colorado Springs and it is like chills inducing to know the stars and athletes that have walked that campus. It is like the epitome of the elite United States athletes. Like it's just, oh, it's so cool. So all you kinesiology majors out there, which is traditionally a tricky word for me to say, and I think I just nailed it. Check this one out. Kinesiology. Job number three. So I'm always looking at the trends in the sports industry and a big one, big one right now and in the future is athlete marketing. The athletes themselves are becoming bigger brands than ever. They are their own megaphone rather than waiting for TV networks or newspapers or websites to interview them and spread their word. They are their own business. Now, I'm into this trend a lot, which is why I've had on guests like Rashida Gale, who is the founder of 26 Marketing Agency, who is an athlete marketing agency. This uh, this idea of athlete marketing has been pro-athlete trend, right? Has been a pro-athlete trend. Most of the time, it's the pro-athletes that are generating their brand. But that is changing, too, due to the new NCAA rules regarding names, images and likeness, meaning student athletes can earn money off their names, image and likeness. And they were not able to before. I'm really into this trend, too, which is why I had Nita Srikant, the COO of Influencer on the podcast, too. Those are two great episodes. If you haven't listened, go back and listen to them. Now, this gets me to job number three, head of athlete relations for one team partners. Okay, are you familiar with one team? Well, neither was I until this morning. But when I researched, I found a company that has a foundation built for success from their job, from their about us. One Team Partners helps athletes maximize the value of their name, image, and likeness rights. Jointly founded by the NFLPA, the MLBPA, and Redbird Capital Partners, One Team manages the commercial licensing rights of athletes across a diverse cross-section of properties, creates new marketing opportunities through its athlete marketing business, and generates unique deal flow and investment opportunities through its venture investment capabilities. The biggest hurdle of any of these emerging companies in athlete marketing, the biggest hurdle they face is recruiting the athletes to their platform. Why you should come to me. Why you, uh, player X, should come be a part of my organization. Why Zion Williamson should be let me do his marketing, right? Well, if you're already embedded with, jointly founded by the NFL PA and the Major League Baseball PA, that is access, that is power. So look at this brand in the coming years. You heard it here first, they will be big. And they're looking for a head of athlete relations. And I would jump on that. And that is the stat line. Okay, let's get into today's question, which comes in from Melissa in Maryland. 
Hey, Brian, love the podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do. You're welcome, Melissa. I try my best. And yes, I'm getting through some grievances today, but we're going to deal with it. My question may be a little different than most. You've talked a lot about developing skills that will set you up for success. I know there are skills that are specific to each individual role someone may want to pursue. Like skills for a scout are different from the skills required for a marketing coordinator. But are there certain universal skills you recommend? And if so, what are the best ways to learn them? Okay, Melissa, let's get into it. I have three skills that everyone, everyone should develop, period. Doesn't matter what career you want to pursue. These are skills you should all learn, and I'll give you ways to learn them too. Number one, and I'm telling you, these may not seem like the most exciting thing in the world, but trust me, they are going to serve you well. Number one, Excel and budgeting. Excel is one of the most powerful, long-standing business tools you will ever come across. As our world becomes more and more data-driven, you need these skills. As a content guy, I never bothered learning Excel. I was a TV producer and an editor and a writer. Big mistake. Now in my, I'm in Excel almost daily. My wife who's in marketing is in Excel daily. My friends in the industry are in Excel daily. This is how you manipulate data and reports and fields, and anybody who uses it understands how powerful it is. We can talk about tools like Slack and Basecamp and Jira and Facebook Insights, but really, really mastering, and I mean mastering Excel, will always serve you well. Also, it doubles as a great tool in your personal life. Like your finances and your budgeting will get better if you manage them through Excel, trust me. And that can make a huge difference in your life too. So how do you become an Excel master? I tell you, LinkedIn learning is really impressive. Now, I don't get anything out of this endorsement. Just to be clear, we aren't paid any affiliate deals. There is no partnership that maybe there should be because I love online learning through LinkedIn. Um, but it's really cool because if you go to LinkedIn learning, they have 379 online courses connected to Excel. I'm not saying they're all good, but you can find out pretty quickly which ones are good and which ones are not good or which ones you need or which ones you don't need. They have 30 different learning paths, which are course bundles. So like you can get a learning path to become a master in Excel and it's like an eight course bundle that ends up with a certificate at the end. Like they literally have a mastering Excel learning path, eight courses, do them all, get a certificate at the end. Now you have it on your resume and on your LinkedIn profile that you are master, you've mastered Excel. This skill serves you incredibly well and you can do it at your own pace. Plus, when you complete it, you add the certificate to your profile and enhance your personal brand. I cannot recommend this skill enough, seriously. Now, the value is pretty insane. $30 a month, $29.99 a month gives you access to all of LinkedIn online, LinkedIn learning. There are over 16,000 courses in there, everything from workplace yoga to pivot tables in Excel. It's a great way to learn, and you can tell a story of how you spent coronavirus learning new skills. So literally, take, okay, if I may make a suggestion, and I understand I'm preempting myself to say, I understand it sounds like I'm an old man, stay off my grass kind of comment. But if you subtracted 30 minutes of your social media routine and put it toward an online learning program, you'd be better off. So if you took 30 minutes out of your scrolling Twitter, your thumb gymnastics, your Facebook feed and liking cat photos, if you took 30 minutes out of that each day and put it towards an online learning program in Excel or some of the other skills we're going to talk about or even, you know, whatever, go through LinkedIn learning. There's tons of things, opportunities in there to learn. You will be better off. And I know that sounds very parental old man of me, but it's also true. Okay. Skill number two, Google Analytics. See a theme? We are in an online-driven world and a data-driven world. 
combine those two things and you have Google Analytics. For those of you not in the know, most if not all websites include a lot of code in them that allows their user data to be collected by Google and utilized in the Google Analytics platform. GA is how companies learn about their customers with free tools to analyze data for your business all in one spot. That sounded very much like I was reading that from their page as well, but it's true. It is insanely powerful. You can learn customer behavior, return on your advertising spend, evaluate the effectiveness of your marketing, your content, your products, and more. You can see the path consumers take once they enter your site, like wh- where they're driven towards and where they go, and just uh, there's so many different things you can learn in there. But it is such a vast tool. Like I know how to do like eight things in there, and there's probably like three thousand things you can do in there. I watch my wife sometimes, and I'm like, "Can you show me how to do this?" <laughs> but like I know how to do like eight things, and they all serve me pretty well. But I could do more probably. Now, before you go thinking I don't want to work in e-commerce or digital marketing. Every organization has customers and websites. You can learn a ton about your audience with this tool. And again, becoming a master at it and getting a certification, you'll stand out for the right reasons. And I'm telling you, these are the little things that make the difference. And like, if you have a really good internship experience and you have all these different things, you started to build your network, you have a lot of great things going for you. You add in these little extra things like mastering Excel, Google analytics, and you become that differentiator. You have that 5% difference against everybody else out there. Okay. So where do you learn this skill? Well, yes, LinkedIn learning has a lot of courses in that regard. There's tons of Google analytics uh, reporting how to use it, everything kind of kind of courses in there. But I have another option for you as well. Google has a free analytics academy. It's free. It's online. It's self-paced. And you get a certificate from Google afterwards on your LinkedIn profile. Learn this skill and add it to your resume. Trust me. Boom. Third and final skill. I mention it all the time on the show. It's Photoshop. Now, Photoshop is a granddaddy of all graphic manipulation. It is the industry king. People know it and love it. They form careers out of knowing it. But there are other options too. But before I get into those, why learn Photoshop? You'd be amazed at at how much this skill comes up in conversations with people in the business. It connects to everything, and you don't have to be a classically trained graphic engineer to leverage its power. So I'll give you a quick story example. I was speaking probably about a year ago now, to the director of corporate partnerships for Atlanta United FC. And I was asking, what is a skill that would make somebody stand out if you were looking through resumes today? Like, what makes one person jump off the page? And he surprised me because he said, Photoshop. And he explained it this way. He said, look, we're Atlanta United FC. We have a graphics department. And they are so often working on promotions and, uh, you know, different marketing campaigns. And they're, they're like tied at the hip to the marketing department, which makes sense, right? That's what the graphic design and visual design side does. They do a lot of in-stadium graphics and they do a lot of in-stadium, the, the, the screen um, displays and on the, on the billboards and whatever. Okay. And he's like, I'm in corporate partnerships. We go meet with CEOs of massive corporations every single day. And we put together these presentations. If I had somebody on my staff that could help manipulate our presentations to make them look top notch through Photoshop, that would be so valuable to me because our traditional graphics department doesn't have the time. So if I had somebody on staff that was like sales trained and was going to be in our sales focused team, but could also do this, that will make them stand out. 
And I'm telling you, this applies to so many different facets of the sports industry. Having a skill like this makes you way more versatile and valuable to your organization. Now, there are other very powerful graphics tools that are more affordable because Photoshop can be a little bit expensive. Canva and PicMonkey to name two. I use PicMonkey a ton, to be honest with you, and I love it. I think it's super easy to use and it's fun and they have these cool templates that you can just kind of swap things out really easy on. Um, and again, not getting endorsed by any of these. There is no sponsorship deal. There is no partnership or anything like that. These are just things that I like and respect and think you should learn. If you learn how to use these skills, you will have something a little extra against the competition and be more valuable employee and assets. So, Melissa in Maryland. I hope this helped you a little bit. If you do these things, it also gives you a good story to tell when you go in for interviews that are coming up for your future. You can talk about learning these skills. You can talk about how you expand your knowledge and the different things you want to learn to make you more valuable to the workplace. That's a good story to tell during an interview process. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Always a pleasure. Please follow the new at work in sports. Oh, gosh, it's so frustrating. And thank you for listening as always. Uh, thank you. Rate, review, listen, all that kind of stuff. It's super important to us. It's the holiday season. Give us your follow at Work in Sports and subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Talk to you all soon.